the church experience online. We're so happy you joined us today. As you watch this teaching video, if you have any questions or need help getting connected, please don't hesitate to reach out by phone or email. Also, our website is the best place to go if you'd like to access helpful Growth Step resources. Join a serving team, connect in a life group, get your questions answered, or support this movement financially by giving online. At the end of this teaching video, you'll hear one of our Church Experience Worship original songs, and we hope that gives you an opportunity to worship and reflect on what you've learned. Thanks again for joining us at Church Experience Online. What a treat to be with you for lots of reasons on this, uh, thanks, on this special Sunday with clearly a special group of people. Uh, the moment we came into the room, we could feel the energy of what God is doing here and the volunteers and just the passion. So I'm so excited for you, excited for you to be on your way to your new building. Congratulations. You've, you've, You've done what many cannot do through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I would encourage you as, you, as you land in your new home, to remember, it's not about the building. It's the building as a means of reaching people for Christ. So you've clearly been doing that. Keep, keep at it. Uh, Pastor Brandon, thank you so much for the invitation. It's an honor to uh, fill your pulpit. And Pastor Brandon's one of the high spots of my 30-some years in Christian higher education. I think very positively of the time that we spent together. So thanks again. It's great to be with you. He mentioned that we're at Kingswood University. I have some literature in the back there. Kingswood is a Bible college, and we're located in Canada. So every year you endure them. Come on up and find out why they're such nice people. They may not be the best drivers, but they are nice people up there. Actually, New Brunswick is the picture province, most beautiful place in the Canada, as far as I can tell, close to Prince Edward Island. And uh, as a Bible college, our focus is on preparing people to do ministry. Now, by that, we mean the kind of ministry that Pastor Brandon does, but also the kind of ministry that every one of us can do through our vocations. So you can be a minister Whatever vocation you might be, even if you're retired, you can be a minister. And so Kingswood exists to help people understand what that means to do ministry as a vocation or through the vocation. And it's an incredible community. And uh, I'm telling you this, maybe there are some people who are ready to take the, the plunge following God outside your comfort zone. I would encourage you to check out Kingswood. Actually, uh, there are financial arrangements that would make it uh, actually financially advantageous for you coming from this church, and Pastor Brandon can explain a little bit more about that. Um, but also, Canadian education is way cheaper than U.S. education, <laughs> even for you people in Florida. So I'd encourage you to check it out. And you may know somebody, as I've been talking, you said, you know what, that might be a good place for Anyway, pick up some literature in the back. We've also got some stuff there on some trips that we're taking to Israel and to Quebec and a few other things. So uh, if you're interested, just stop by and, and chat with us or take one of my cards. You got your Bibles? Second Peter chapter 1. 
We're going to look at those first 11 verses of a really a little-known book, but I think you're going to be glad that we spent some time in 2 Peter chapter 1 this morning. Uh, it was about 10 years ago or so, I picked up a new hobby, and it's hiking. Not just day hiking, but camping. My son was hiking the Appalachian Trail, and I went along with him for a couple of jaunts, and I just fell in love with it, just being out of doors and the camping and all that other stuff. And as, as I was hiking, I realized... There's a lot of similarities between the kind of hiking and camping and Christianity. You think of all the, all the hiking that went on in the Bible, Abram and the children of Israel and the disciples and Jesus hiking all around. And hiking is just walking on purpose. And, and you find lots of that going on in the Bible. In fact, I think there's a I think there's the backpacker's uh, verse. It's that one in Hebrews that talks about laying aside everything that hinders every weight, because here's the deal with backpacking. You've got to carry everything you need with you. So you got to make sure that you're packing right. Everything you need, you got to have in your backpack. But because everything you need is in your backpack and you're carrying it, you want to pack light. So uh, this, this whole thing of backpacking is about packing light and right. And that's what Second Peter chapter 1 is all about. So here we go. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ have received a faith as precious as ours. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Verse 3. Now listen to this. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, his glory and goodness, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Verse 5, For this very reason make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But if any of you do not have them, you are nearsighted and blind. And have forgotten that you've been cleansed from your past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. And you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Pray with me. Father, we thank you for this time together. I pray that you would help us to realize what you've done for us by giving us everything we need for living the godly life. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Verse 3 says that he has given us everything we need for living the godly life. If hiking requires you to pack light and right, here's what I want you to learn today. That God has already packed you light and right. It's not a matter of you figuring out what needs to go in your backpack. 
It's a matter of realizing and utilizing the fact that God has already packed you light and right. I don't have time this morning to tell you everything he's put in your pack. I'm just going to pick out a few things that God has already put in your pack. Here's the first thing. It's an invitation. Now, I'm pretty sure when I hiked with my son, I didn't get one of these from my son. I, I think it probably went something like this. Dad, Mom, I'm going to hike the Appalachian Trail. And I probably said, great, I'll come with you. And he was too polite to say no. So I didn't get one of these from my son, but every single one of us has received one of these from God. It's got your name on it. He has invited you onto this hike with him. You may not have opened it. You may not till this moment have realized there's an invitation waiting for you. You've got mail. It's got your name on it. He knows you. And he wants you to come on this hike. This is what verse 3 is saying. He has called you. You have received. That's an invitation. Now, here's why that's so important. If you realize that you have been invited on this uh, hike, there's no room for pride. You know, sometimes we sing, I have decided to follow Jesus. Well, let me just tell you, way before you and I decided to follow Jesus, we got an invitation. If it hadn't been for this invitation, we wouldn't be doing any deciding. You have been invited. So there's no room for pride. There's no room for feeling like, well, I mean, God, you got a pretty good deal when you got me, buddy. You have been invited. I've been invited. It's by grace, through faith that we've been saved. Not of works, not of degrees, not of experience. It's by grace through faith that this invitation showed up in your mailbox just because God loves you. So no room for pride. Here's the second reason why this is important to remember, and that is because there's no room for disobedience. You got an invitation, which means you're invited onto his hike, which means you need to hike where he's hiking. Now, he's a gentleman. If you want to go off on your own, he'll let you. But you can't say you're on his hike. You see how it works? You've got an invitation onto his hike. And obedience just, just stays on his hike. Doesn't go off on your own. Here's a third reason why this is important to remember. It's important to remember that you've been invited, verse 3, so that there's no room for pride, there's no room for disobedience, and there's no room for feelings of inadequacy. Because isn't that what happens? Who, me? You, me? you think I can do this hike? You don't, know, you don't know my background. You don't know the circumstances I've, I've lived through. You don't know where I'm coming from. You don't know my baggage. You want me to do this hike? Yeah, you got an invitation. He knows you better than you know yourself, and you got an invitation. So did I. No room for inadequacy. There's no room to say, I can't do this. If you got an invitation, he thinks you can do this. And if the God of the universe thinks you can do it, I got news for you. You can do it. You don't even have to provide everything you need to do it. 
If you got an invitation, you're on his dime. It didn't work that way with my son. <laughs> uh, wherever we stopped to resupply, dad paid the bill. That's the way it works when you have a teenage son. It's not the way it works with God. Because you got his invitation, you are his problem. And your needs are his concern. What do you need? Patience for that spouse? Patience for that coworker? Wisdom? Courage? His divine power has given you, not will give you, not may give you, has given you everything you need because you got an invitation. And he doesn't give like a trail angel. Anybody ever heard that phrase before? I hadn't either till I started hiking with Ethan. But I remember uh, we, we came along to this one trail in Virginia. We came out to the trailhead where it meets the road. And there was a cooler, a red cooler with a white lid. I said, what's up with this? He said, oh, a trail angel left that. Opened up the lid. It was filled with ice cold soda. Oh, I can't tell you how good that tasted. But it wasn't there at the next trailhead. Here's what I'm saying. Some of us think of God like that. His job is to just kind of serendipitous, serendipitously sur surprise us with blessings from time to time. Just to remind you that he really loves you. He's going to send you a little, a little cooler of soda. No. He's got angels, but he's not a trail angel. When God promises to provide everything you need, that means he promises to go with you and be for you everything you need. Because you got an invitation. I don't know who I'm talking to right now, but this is the first you've heard that you got an invitation. Please, don't leave this room this morning till you open it. Got your name on it. He wants you on his hike. Here's what else God gives. He gives a flashlight, gives you a map, where is that, here it is, gives you a compass. But the cool thing is, he puts all of those things together into one, the Word of God, the Bible. It's a flashlight, it's a map, it's a compass, and a whole lot more I haven't got time to tell you about. But let's just talk about these three things. Because this is a flashlight. This is what the passage, verse 4, talks about, the great and precious promises. They're in here. And those promises are a flashlight to light your path. You ever been in a dark place? It's dark because you've never been there before. Maybe it's dark because you've been there way too long. Maybe it's dark because it's asking something from you that you've never thought you'd have to experience and live into. I, I don't know why it's dark. Here's, here, here's what I'm here to tell you, that in here there's a flashlight. And as you spend time in the Word of God, as you open yourself up to let the Spirit of God illuminate your circumstance, He will show you from His Word what you need to light your path. You'll be in a situation you don't think you can handle because it's way more than you ever thought you would have to handle. And the flashlight of God's word shines on and says, I can do all things through Christ 
who strengthens me. You're in a dark place. You're feeling all kinds of temptation, all kinds of pressures to compromise. And the flashlight of God's word says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. You're in that dark place. You feel so alone. You've never felt so alone. And the flashlight of God's word said, I will never leave you. I'll not forsake you. I'll be with you to the very end of the age. Has that flashlight shined into your life? It can. He's packed it for you. Packed it right here. But this is also a map. This is a map. What do we want our maps to do? We want our map to be a reliable guide to get us from where we are to where we need to be. And that's what this can do for us. This map will show you how to live your life, how to make your decisions, how to plot your course to get you from where you are, wherever you are, to where he wants you to be. This will do it. Now, don't misunderstand me. Christians aren't the only ones with maps. Everybody is following a map. Everybody you know has got a map. For some people, it's, it's the, 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 the sacred books of another religion. But for most people, for most people that you and I know, they are just following the map of culture. They don't get up in the morning and think, what do I ought to do? They get up in the morning and ask themselves, what's everybody else doing? And that's what they're going to do. And they've decided, well, they haven't really decided. They've just kind of absorbed their way into embracing the goal that everybody else has. I guess everybody else is trying to be successful. I guess I ought to be successful. And they're defining success the way everybody else is defining success. Everybody's got a map. The question is not do we have a map or do they have a map. Everybody's got a map. The question is, is it a map that will get you from where you are to where you ought to be? This is the only one that will. Because you know what's true of all those other maps? What guides those other maps is me. It's all about me. It's all about what I want. It's all about my desires. Those human desires that verse 4 talks about. But listen, if your map is about what's good for you, watch the Bible here. If your map is about what's good for you, here's what happens. You start from you and come back around to you. Because it's really all about you. What's going to make you happy? What's going to meet your needs? What's going to make you successful? What's going to make you stand out? What's going to make you feel good? What's going to let you sleep well at night? See, it's all about you. Not this. This says you matter. This says you are important enough for Christ to die for, but it's not all about you. It's all about him. It's to his glory. You start living your life to his glory, guess what you'll find? Abundant life, happiness, joy, peace. But it's not all about you. It's about him. It's not just about him. It's about others. And the map of God's word says it's about him, it's about others, then it's about you, and that's how you find your way from where you are to where you want to be. This is what you want. You want a map that's reliable. You want a map that's written by, by somebody who knows you better than you know yourself. 
This is what you want. You want a map from somebody who's been there before. My wife and I traveled over to uh, Italy one time and I thought, I'm, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna print off all the directions from Google Maps. So I had pages and pages and pages of maps for how to get around, or of, of, of directions for how to get around in Northern Italy. Here's what I found. Whoever wrote those directions had never been there. <laughs> they were perfect directions that were perfectly useless because they identified the road that I ought to turn using nothing that was on the signs at the roads where I was supposed to turn. So after the sixth time around the roundabout, I'm not finding any of the things that were on the directions. And I said to myself, with some heat, these people have never been here before. But this is written by one who knows us, who made us, who cared enough about us to actually come, who's been here before, who knows what we need. This is a reliable source of directions. You've got a map on your phone, a Google Maps, right? You don't have Steve's Maps, right? You shouldn't. I don't know Florida. You want maps by somebody who knows where they're going. You want reliable maps. And I'm here to tell you, this is a reliable map. I, I don't know what you're reading on Dan Brown or hearing on Fox News or wherever. Listen, they've been trying to prove this map doesn't tell you what you need to know doesn't take you where you need to go. They've been trying to do that for 2,000 years. This map is still the best one. They haven't found anything better than this map. And God packed it for you. And God packed the Holy Spirit to teach you what this book says. And it'll shine a light into your life. And it'll guide you from where you are to where you need to go. This is the only map you're going to need. But you got to hold the map in the right direction. Does that make sense? If you, if you hold a map upside down and try to follow it, it's going to take you exactly opposite to where you want to go. That's why you need the compass. That little compass that they put on every map points north. That's the way you need to hold the map. So north is pointing up. And Scripture is not only the flashlight and the map, it's also the compass. You look through these 11 verses, here's what you'll find. Three times. In these 11 verses, Peter will say something about the knowledge of God or the knowledge of him three times because that's true north. You want true north? You want to live your life by something? It's the character of God. Because once you know who God is, then you can find out who you are. You can find out why he put you on this earth. And you can find out how to tell the difference between right and wrong. And you can chart your life for the goal that you really want, which is his glory and your good. See, you got to start from true north, but the Bible provides that. He's already packed it for you. He's already packed you light and right. He invited you. He gave you his word to shine a light in your dark world, to give you a map, to give you a compass. What else has he packed for you? Well, it's not so much what he put in the pack as who puts on the pack. Because here's what I figured out in hiking. My biggest problem in hiking is me. I got bad knees. I'm kind of older. I got blisters. I get worn out. It isn't just what's in the pack. It's who's carrying the pack. Well, I got bad news and I got good news. The bad news is 
that I'm worse off spiritually than I am physically, and so are you, apart from Christ. Here's what Ephesians 2 said, you were dead in your trespasses and sins. Dead. Dead people don't hike. You were dead in your trespasses and sins. But God made you alive in Christ Jesus. So here's what God packed for you and me, a new nature. He made us alive with Christ. Or as verse 4 says it, and I didn't write these words, he did. I know it seems crazy that you and I can, listen to it, participate in the divine nature. What? Here's the way it worked. What if he never intended you to hike this Christian life with yourself? What if he never intended it for you, the old you? What if it's impossible to live the Christian life as you were? What if the only way to live the Christian life to complete this hike is to participate in the divine nature? The Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. Christianity is not about God laying a whole new set of rules on you that you could never fulfill. Christianity is God giving you a new nature through the power of the Holy Spirit so you can say yes to him every time. That's what it means to participate in the divine nature. And I know it sounds crazy. It sounds unbelievable. But what if at that moment when you felt like you were completely on empty when it came to having patience for that spouse, what if at that moment, instead of saying what you feel like saying, what if at that moment you really believed that God had given you everything you need and you trusted in him to respond the way God wants you to respond to him? What if that moment is the moment when you experience the divine nature within you? What if at that moment when you feel terrorized, scared out of your wits by the circumstances of your life, what if at that moment when your most natural response would be to capitulate in fear, what if at that moment God wants you to participate in the divine nature and discover the courage that the Spirit of God that can produce in you. What if at that moment when you felt like responding in such an unloving way, it's God's moment for you to participate in the divine nature and let the fruit of the Spirit flow through you? What if God really meant what he said when he said, I have given you everything you need for living the godly life? He never meant you to do this on your own. He always meant for you to do this through the power of the Holy Spirit. Have you experienced it? It's already packed. What else did he pack? Well, look at the very beginning of the passage. This isn't on your notes. I'm just throwing this in because I feel generous. Go back up to the first verse. Can you do that? After Peter introduces himself, he makes this statement. He says, this faith as precious as ours. 
And all of a sudden it struck me. This is the apostle Peter. This is one of the inner circle of the disciples. This is the first pope, Peter. And here's what he's saying. God has given us a faith that we share together, a faith as precious as ours. What has God packed for you? Traveling companions. He never intended you to, for, for you to take this hike on your own. He always intended for you to travel with the body of believers. These are the folks around you that are going to help you to find the courage and the wisdom and the, and the patience and the love. You're going to find it through each other because he packed that for you. But here's, here's the last one. He's given you an invitation. He's given you a flashlight and a map and a compass, his word. He's given you a new nature. Here's the last thing. He's given you a worthy goal. A worthy goal. You see, because if you're going to do something hard, like hiking the Appalachian Trail, you need a worthy goal. Ethan used to tell me, because of it, the way he's built, he, he's got real long legs. And so he'd start out in the morning with the people that he'd camped with, and his legs were so long, he just hiked past them all the time. And he'd never stay with any one person for very long. He just kept going past them. And so most of the Appalachian Trail, most of the 2,200 miles, he spent hiking by himself, which he says was the worst thing about it. It wasn't the physical exhaustion. It was the loneliness, the emotional weariness of it. So why did he do it? For the goal. They gave him a little cloth patch at the end and a certificate. But it was more than that. It was to say he had done it. He had hiked the Appalachian Trail. If you and I are going to be successful on this hike, if we're going to stay true to the end, we need a worthy goal. And it's right there in verse 11. A rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, I don't have a lot of time to unpack this. You don't need me to. You can get it. A rich welcome. Every time I come down to Florida, mom lives over in Indian Rocks Beach. Every time I come down to Florida, except last night, curiously enough, she always makes me a cherry pie. It's my favorite pie, and nobody makes it like my mom. I said, Mom, I'm going to tell the people at church tomorrow this illustration about the cherry pie, and you, you brought me brownies out of a box. <laughs> She said, well, I had to choose between either going down and sit with you on the beach there at IRB or make you a cherry pie. I said, all right, this time I'll let you go. I'm coming back in two weeks. <laughs> That's, I always get a rich welcome when I come visit my folks. But it isn't anything like the welcome we're talking about here. You know, it struck me as I was getting ready for this. I, I thought, you know, everywhere we go in this life, from the beginning to the end, we're always on our way to somewhere. I mean, you slide out of the birth canal, you're on your way somewhere. And every step along the way, you're on your way somewhere. It's like you have a little suitcase with you everywhere you go. And, and they, they even slide you into the crematorium. <laughs> this is the only time, for the first time, we're going to be home for good. What a rich welcome. And it's a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that means a bunch of things, but I'll tell you one thing it means. It means you made the right choice. That in the end, 
you got to the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You got to that kingdom of Jesus Christ, the one who loved you so much that he made it possible for you to experience everything I've been describing and more. That's where we'll be for eternity. That's a worthy goal. I know we don't like to think about heaven because that means we've got to die to get there. But you and I need a worthy goal. We need to keep in mind that if it's only for this life, now, we have an eternity to, to live for, so we make the right choices now. We endure the hike now at those hard spots because of the goal that we have, that worthy goal. So what do you think? You ready to hike? Yeah, okay, I got one more question. One more question, I'm not done. <laughs> this is an important question. You don't have to answer it out loud, but it's very important how you answer it. If you're a believer, do you believe, really, that he has given you everything you need or almost everything? Everything? or almost everything. Here's why that matters. Because you're gonna find yourself in situations where you will not feel like you have in your pack what you think you need. Makes a world of difference how you answer that question. Because if you say, well, I think I've got almost everything, here's what you'll think at that moment. When you need something and you don't have it, you'll think, I guess you didn't pack that. I guess it was everything else but that. I got all the love, I got all the courage, I just don't have enough patience because he didn't pack that. Almost. He packed everything, almost everything. But if you believe he packed everything you need for living the godly life, here's what you'll say at those moments. Well, got to be in there somewhere. It's got to be in there somewhere. We had some friends... We were cruising down in the Southern Caribbean and, and uh, we'd gone to the beach at, at Aruba, rented a van and we had driven to this uh, beautiful beach and we got out, everybody out, went out and set up on the beach and I thought, you know, I'm just going to check, make sure I got my wallet and it wasn't there. So I started to panic. I'm looking everywhere in the van. I called, borrowed the phone from the lady who had the little juice stand. I, Por favor, I said, please, you know, and, and uh, she gave me her phone and I called and, and uh, no, they didn't have it at the rental company. And I thought, oh man, I, I know I have it. If it's not there, it's not in the van, it must be here somewhere. It must be here somewhere. I, I don't know if you can all see this. This was actually the backpack I had. And there are so many pockets on this thing. And I went through every, I'd been through every pocket, but it had to be here somewhere. And I found it. There's a little zipper right on the side. And I must have found it. I must have found it at the rental place when I put it away. But I didn't even know it was there. I didn't even know it was there. And there it was. Listen, everything or almost everything. Because if it's everything, then it's got to be in there somewhere. You're not going to say, oh, I can't. You're going to say, I can. It's in there somewhere. Because his divine power has given you everything you need for living the godly life.
Thanks for joining us at Church Experience Online. Please don't forget to check out the website if you'd like to get more connected, learn more, get your questions answered, or support this movement financially. You're now going to hear a Church Experience Worship original song, and we hope this gives you an opportunity to worship and reflect on what you learned today. Can move.